pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 163. Today I'm going to chat with Gun Funny Patreon Jon Snow about ATF reclassifying a firearm as an SBR, discuss a lawsuit filed against the Trump administration about ghost guns, highlight the new ARV from Palmetto State Armory, and talk about the outcome of a socially distant soccer game. I am your host, Ava Flannell. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing well. I'm actually going on the range right after this, so I'm actually doing fabulous. Before we get into things, Manicore Arms, if you guys own the CZ Brand 805, you need to go check out Manicore Arms' much-needed comfort parts. So to start, you can replace the stock forend with a modern, nicely contoured M-Lock, one that lets you mount accessories where you want them. You can change out the charging handle, the safety lever to fit right, left, or both sides, and to top it off with an afterburner, linear compensator, reverb, muzzle brake, or my favorite, the night brake, which... I posted a video last week of me shooting using one of their night brakes. And man, that thing makes the gun shoot so flat. It's amazing. I love their muzzle devices. They're all in stock right now. You should go check them out. Don't forget to use that code GUNFUNNY15. That gets you 15% off. And that is at manicorearms.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Earlier last week, I put out two special reports where I interviewed Kevin from Q, and I also interviewed Alex from SB Tactical. And that's because ATF recently issued a cease and desist declaring that the Honey Badger is now classified as an SBR. I wanted to get together with John, who's been following this pretty closely, and discuss some of the things that have come about this. First of all, on August 3rd, 2020, and this actually goes back to even June, not just August, but Congressman Gates, he issued a letter that raised some eyebrows, and now it's all starting to kind of make sense. Yeah, back in June, when Congressman Gates sent that letter, it took a lot of people by surprise. A lot of people kind of took what he was saying and said, well, what's really actually going on here? We're not getting any official word that there's anything actually happening. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people said, oh, it's just regular parties in the ATF that have it out for braces. It's nothing new. And stepping back, can you just kind of give us an idea of what was included in that letter and why he sent it? Yeah. So that was actually a very telling letter. And it was co-signed by seven congressmen. Okay. And in that, basically, he said it has come to his attention that the ATF is making new arbitrary regulations regarding the legality of commonly used pistol braces. And let's face it, the pistol brace is one of the most common accessories on AR style or any other PCC style pistol today. So it's very widely used. There's at least 4 million of them out there if you count the majority of U.S. manufacturers with SB Tactical and Shockwave braces in those. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, there's also other knockoffs from China that are brought in. So I personally think the number is probably at least 5 million people that have them. Anyway, what he said was, this has to stop because they are making in the dark secret regulations that are arbitrary and being applied and actively used to say that these companies are creating illegal weapons. 
that kind of thing can't happen in the dark. Mm -hmm. The bad thing was there was no response out of the Justice Department. He sent this letter with several other congressmen to the DOJ, to Attorney General Barr, and they didn't receive any response. He sent another letter, September 29th, basically stating, hey, this cannot continue. We need a response from you. This is basically illegal activity that is happening by either rogue agents or a rogue department itself. Either the leaders of the ATF are ignoring this activity or they're complicit in it. Mm -hmm. And this kind of activity cannot happen. You cannot have a enforcement agency that is creating rules in the dark that creates felons out of people for their legally owned and previously stated that this is legal property. Exactly. And still no response. Exactly. Still no response. We did finally this Friday get a statement from the White House. One of the press secretaries said that the president's team is actually looking at this. And I'm sure that's only because of the attention that it got this last week because of everything that came out with Q. Mm -hmm. So going back to Q, Q got that cease and desist in August and ATF wanted that kept secret. Again, that's very telling. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to do all this in secret. Q, of course, they wanted to do what's right for their customers. They immediately stopped production. Mm -hmm. But the ATF wanted them to tell everybody individually. That's not possible. Firearms manufacturers do not send generally their products to the end user. They sell through distributors. So they don't know who actually owns the pistols. The only way to get the word out there was to release it to the public. So they did that, got the word out. Thankfully, it seems a whole lot of people have started really getting behind this. Even the NRA is apparently more behind this than previously with the bump stock ban. The question is whether they will stand behind and support a lawsuit on this. Mm -hmm. But they're at least providing click-throughs and things like that to get word out. Simply the fact that we created such a firestorm this last week in the media we do actually have attention and we can't let up on that Yeah, because it's the only way that we can keep this from being allowed to stand. Yeah, exactly. What a ridiculous situation America is in where we, unless we make a lot of noise, even these letters that are being submitted directly to DOJ, President Trump, that unless a lot of people are complaining about it, that it's completely overlooked. Exactly. And on the standpoint from Q, they, from the very beginning of this, they were trying to work with the ATF to get a list of everything that they needed to do to change the brace Mm -hmm. in order to be legal. And they wouldn't give them a list of everything. They mentioned things, but they wouldn't commit to any one thing being this is why this is an SBR. Mm -hmm. They are taking a, this is holistically designed to be an SBR approach. And they won't release this list of secret rules. And that's just not the way the regulatory process is supposed to work. One, ATF doesn't make laws. They only make regulations to fill in the blanks of laws that Congress creates. And when they do those regulations, the rulemaking process, they are required by law to submit those for public comment. They cannot be making these in secret. Mm Mm-hmm. It's illegal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Which Kevin from Q and Alex from SB Tactical, they both complained about. I know Alex from SB, he is extremely active 
and he'll fly out to the White House. He'll sit with ATF agents. And he has specifically asked, okay, well, what makes this a brace? What makes this okay? And what makes this not okay? So that he can create future parts that obviously go within the guidelines of what makes it legal. And Kevin reached out and asked the same thing. Okay, well, what is it about the honey badger that makes this now classify as an SBR so that we can fix this or replace parts or do whatever, but continue to make the honey badger? And they haven't given him anything. There's nothing in writing. They've gotten to the point where they even stopped responding to emails. They will only correspond over the phone, which you know doesn't hold up too well in court. So they don't want anything in writing. They wanted this whole thing to be announced privately, which is extremely eye-opening. The whole thing just screams, how could this be legal whatsoever? Exactly. Working in business, anytime someone will not commit to putting something in writing, it means one of two things. Either they do not have a clue what they're talking about, or they know what they're talking about is wrong Mm -hmm. and don't want it in writing because of that. And you know, in this case, it's not that they don't know what they're talking about. You know what they're doing is wrong. Oh, yeah. Everything about how they've gone about this is wrong. Yeah. So then Q decided to release a letter. And within that letter, they offered recommendations. If you own a honey badger, what you should do. And they said either remove the barrel upper receiver from the lower, file an ATF Form 1, which Q actually graciously said that they would be paying for that tax stamp, that $200 tax stamp to any of the customers who wanted to file that form one, which was, in my opinion, exceptional customer service. So they're definitely taking care of their customers and making sure that they're handled well. And if not, ATF specifically said failure to do so could result in prosecution and is subject to a $10,000 fine and up to 10 years in prison. So they've sold thousands of honey badgers. They made literally overnight these people that own a honey badger a criminal. And these are law-abiding citizens. Yeah. Yeah. And that in itself is criminal. Mm -hmm. They have no authority to do that kind of thing. That has to be done with public comment. It's not legal what they're doing. Let's go back to the honey badger because I know there's a little bit of confusion about the different braces. Some people think that the SBA3 is on it. That's actually the sugar weasel. And some people are like, oh, well, SB Tactical, they didn't design the brace for the honey badger, but they actually did. There may not be the name SB Tactical on it, but they created this product and Q licensed that from SB Tactical. Yeah. So it was a good thing on Q's part because SB Tactical is the one that has the most approval letters of actual braces Mm -hmm. from the ATF of ones that currently have approval. And ATF is no longer doing approval for the individual braces as braces. So they made the smart move of going through SB because they had the most approvals. The Honey Badger brace, it's proprietary made for the Honey Badger by SB. And it's a little bit different than some of the other braces, but it's basically the same thing. And all of the intellectual property about the braces, it talks about it being a bifurcated piece of rubber with a Velcro strap. It's not anything earth shattering that needs to be some great complicated thing. It's you've got this flap that fits around somebody's arm and then has this thing of Velcro because the initial design is for combat wounded veterans that can only use one arm in order mm-hmm. to be able to shoot that type of pistol. But you go back to if you inadvertently shoulder it, and several years ago, we had the ATF saying that, okay, if you put this up to your shoulder, it is an illegal SBR. 
And we finally got them to reverse it through Alex's efforts. And then people could shoulder it without being in commission of a felony. But they've always had it in for braces, certain yeah. parties at the ATF. Which is so and, stupid because it's not like braces or a stock is going to make the gun shoot faster. Or even if they were saying, depending on the length of it, it's so much easier to conceal and used in some sort of criminal activity. It's all BS. Exactly. The entire law itself is just BS. But I think that there was some confusion. People were saying that maybe because of the honey badger brace, because it was smaller than the others created by SB Tactile and it couldn't fit over your forearm, which, as Kevin said in the interview that I did with him, the model that they chose, the guy looks like he's doing steroids. It would obviously fit my arm. It would fit your arm. But the guy, they just chose some really beefed up, quote unquote, model to demonstrate this brace that isn't able to fit over his forearm. Strongman competitors do not count as yeah. a normal gun owner in the United States. Yeah. But people were saying that, well, maybe that's the reason. But unfortunately, we don't know what the reason is. We have no idea. We don't know if it's the length of pull, if it's the brace, if it's any of the other specs, because ATF has been so broad, they haven't told anyone what it is about the honey badger that now classifies this as an SBR. Yeah, exactly. And they measured the length of pull incorrectly Mm -hmm. in order to have it be over 13.5 inches. So they mentioned these things like the size of the guy's arm not fitting and the length of pull. And there were several other things from the sound of it. And they said, okay, well, if we address these things, are we going to be in compliance? And then they wouldn't comment. Yeah. That in itself says a lot. Exactly. And now they're also saying that potentially the sugar weasel or the mini fix could also now classify as an SBR. They ask you to submit those two guns to them, which is kind of BS. They're not even going to buy them. And it's like nothing like just trying to put Q completely out of business. Yeah. Honestly, the connection of you being the first target of this is very suspicious. And especially with the letter itself coming out of the Boston field office. In the past, any kind of rulings on braces usually comes out of headquarters, Mm -hmm. not from a field agent in a field office. And Kevin has had troubles with that field office in the past. It's very suspicious. Everybody knows Kevin is friends with Don Jr. So that connection there, it seems very deliberately targeted to Kevin and the connection with Donald Trump Jr. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to take a quick break and talk about SB Tactical. If you've got a CC Scorpion Evo pistol, you need to check out the SB Tactical's CZPDW brace. It gives you the shortest collapse package at only 3.25 inches longer than the pistol itself. Mid-length position is 7 inches and fully extended is 9.25 inches. Best of all, the rail extensions are sturdy metal so you don't get any wobble in the brace to worry about affecting accuracy. They're available in black or FDE and the entire kit is only $279.99. But remember, If you use that code GUNFUNNY15, you will get 15% off, and that is at sb-tactical.com. It does kind of raise a lot of eyebrows that they just now came up with this. ATF threw this out right before elections, and I've interviewed Alex from SB Tactical in the past, and 
he said that ATF, there's a lot of people within that organization that when President Obama was president, that he chose a lot of those agents and directors. And obviously, they're not a fan of Trump. You could say that they're leaning more towards the left side. So it almost seems that considering when the bump stock ban happened, obviously, it was under Trump's administration that pissed off a lot of people, a lot of gun owners. And so now it's almost like if Trump doesn't do anything about this now, it would be the perfect scenario for this to be the icing on the cake so that gun owners wouldn't vote for Trump to be reelected. Exactly. I think the timing before the election is incredibly suspicious. The top two directors, Regina Lombardo and I don't recall the other gentleman's name, they were both appointed by Obama and a source in the ATF was cited on Friday that they are most definitely not loyal to Trump mm-hmm. and they are trying to complicate re-election issues for him. So it very much seems like they might be complicit in this. At minimum, they are either incompetent or they're complicit in this. Yeah, which either isn't okay. Either way, they need to be fired. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Let's go back to when I released the interview with Q and I put it on my story on my Instagram. Somebody apparently took a screenshot of that and said, I don't know why everyone's backing up Q. He's a jerk. And I didn't see this on this guy's story until somebody pointed it out. They sent me a screenshot. And so I responded to this guy and I said, if you think that this is about the honey badger or Q, you're a total idiot. And I hate to call another gun owner or somebody who's apparently in favor of the Second Amendment an idiot, but they are. And if somebody, let's say Kevin, he thinks that maybe somebody told ATF, led them on to believe that the honey badger should be classified as an SBR. And if that's the case, if somebody else in the industry directed ATF's attention to this gun and tried to throw him under the bus, they're also part of the problem. The problem isn't necessarily because we're all sticking up for Q. Because I know there's a lot of people in the industry that are not fans of him. He can be at times kind of a jerk unless you really know him. And so people are like, why should we back him up? It's just like the bump stock ban. You may or may not like bump stocks. I know very few people that actually owned one. It's considered the poor man's machine gun. And not that many people like them. You can easily use your belt loop on your pants to fire rapidly. You don't necessarily need a bump stock. The reason why everyone was so against this becoming illegal is because, well, how does this trickle down to other things? They use extremely vague verbiage. And as a result, all right, well, what other things make the gun fire rapidly? Does this include now binary triggers? Does this include triggers that are less than two pounds that you can fire the gun much quicker? Does this include muzzle devices? It could literally, it could trickle down to so many other products. And that's what people don't understand. So if you think that this is only about the honey badger, it is not because there's a million guns out there that look pretty identical. And the Maxim is almost a clone of the honey badger same spec, same caliber. And there's other manufacturers out there that are making similar guns. So this could easily affect thousands and thousands of people and companies within the gun industry. Yeah, you brought up a lot of really good points there. Me personally, when I first met Kevin, yeah, I thought he was a bit of a jerk, a little bit arrogant for sure. Mm -hmm. But he's done a lot in the industry. Yeah. And most of the time you have haters because you have accomplished a lot. Yeah. And he's absolutely accomplished a lot. 
And he absolutely came up a lot, in my opinion, with standing by and offering to pay for people's tax stamps. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of money. Way above and beyond. Yeah. Figure $200 per tax stamp and he sold thousands. We don't know the exact number, but that's going to add up. And that is definitely going to be a big chunk of change. So for him to stand by his customers and make sure that he's protecting them so that they don't have any concerns, I think that that's great customer service. And he definitely earned a lot of respect by doing that. Yeah, absolutely. But if people can't get past their feelings on that and Mm -hmm. recognize that this is about a agency working in secret outside laws that we're governed as gun owners. We are governed by these laws. The agency that is responsible for creating regulations that restrict our rights is now able to work outside the laws with the bump stock. It was illegal as hell what they did there, redefining the letter of law. Laws have to be written by Congress. They cannot arbitrarily take law and the regulations that they've created to fill in the blanks on the gray areas around those laws, because let's face it, congressmen don't know about guns mm-hmm. and there's holes when they make those laws. And so the regulations they make there, that's what the ATF is supposed to be doing. But they can't be arbitrarily redefining those on a whim in the dark. At least with that one, they did submit it to the public. They took comments. They ignored all those comments, of course. But they at least did that. Well, the thing there, NRA, they basically went silent on that because it's only 50,000 people and the FUDs with their shotguns and deer rifles didn't care. Mm -hmm. So we didn't hear anything from them. Whole lot of people, it just fell off the radar. Firearms Policy Coalition, thankfully, they're still trying to fight that one. And that's a case that this kind of thing where they can arbitrarily redefine law, even if they do it properly and publicly, cannot be allowed to stand. Anytime regulatory agencies can redefine our rights with the stroke of a pen and take property from us as citizens, we legally own this stuff. They said, this is within the rules. We bought and purchased it. And now they're going to say, we have to either destroy it or turn it in for a fraction of the cost. If they even, that's even if they reimburse you, a lot of these places, they're not reimbursing you. Yeah. And if they do, it's going to be a fraction of the cost. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, I agree. So hopefully now that eyes are on this and President Trump's taking a look at it, hopefully some changes occur, especially before elections. But we'll just continue to follow it and see how it goes. Is there anything that you would like to add before we move forward? One of the biggest things on this is how they're looking at the sugar weasel with the SBA3 on it. That one being the most prevalent brace out there and their holistic approach. How many Hundreds of different guns do people have the SBA3 brace on? You can't even count them. People have SBA3s on the plethora of different AR-15s. They have them on just about every other type of small pistol that is a carbine style. Every single one of those, they can now holistically at the stroke of a pen in the dark say, yeah, that's an SBR Mm -hmm. without saying what these rules are. If people don't see that that's a problem and has to be reined in, it's bad. Everybody needs to keep blowing up the phones of their congressmen. NRA, the NRA has got to stay behind this one. If they don't fully back this one all the way and support Kevin, I mean, Kevin's being a real stand-up guy and he's saying, yeah, I'm going to fight this with my money. If I'm on my own, I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. But NRA, we're watching you. You need to be behind this fully. Yeah. 
And President Trump, he's got to get on this fast. We need to see a response out of him that says rogue agencies like this will not be tolerated. And he did put an executive order in the beginning of this year that on the surface, they are in complete violation of this. And what that said was that agencies, when they make these rulemaking changes, cannot make them in the dark. And it's exactly what they're doing here. So this is a rogue agency. There's no other way to slice it. Mm -hmm. Yep, completely agree. All right, moving forward, IWI. I don't know if you've been watching them, but as of last Friday, they just announced an extremely limited edition of the Galil chambered in 5.45 by 39 millimeter. You can get them as a pistol with an 8.3 inch barrel or a rifle with a 16 inch barrel. And IWI has really done a great job of recreating the Galil and modernizing it. I know you're pretty familiar with some of the things that they've changed. Obviously, they've made the gun a lot lighter based on throwing on some polymer features. Also, it no longer takes a proprietary magazine, so it'll accept any of the regular AK-47 magazines, which is huge. What are some of the other things that you can tell us about the Galil? Yeah, so as soon as this got announced on Friday, I called my FFL and said, hey, get me one of these. Unfortunately, right now, they're all going for over the MSRP, so I'm still trying to find one. Mm -hmm. But the Galil, I've got several co-workers that served in the military in South Africa, and they used the original Galil. And some of their big gripes on it when they were using it was, one, it was very heavy. It being a blend of the Valmet RK-62 and the AK-47, extremely reliable, and they loved it. One of the other great things about this new version is they changed the charging handle over to the left-hand side so you can do the weak-hand charge which most of us who are using ARs are more familiar with that. We don't mm -hmm. like going over the top on an AK. That's one of the popular changes that they made. And making it a whole lot lighter is really good. If you get the pistol version, it's got a folding stabilizing brace from the tactical. I'm trying to get the pistol. Yeah. yeah. It's insanely reliable. And being in the 545, even though 545 historically has not been that available in the U.S., mainly yeah. because of importation rules, yeah, there is, with the strangeness of the ammo supply this year, there is actually still 545 available, and it's way cheaper right now than 556. Mm -hmm. I know. Don't you kind of look at the whole ammo shortage right now, and this whole time we've been making fun of people that own 40s and revolvers and whatever, we're the idiots that are using nine millimeter because now it's gone up to 60 cents around. And yet people who have 40s, 40 is definitely a lot less expensive and you see it a little bit more on stock than you would nine millimeters. Same with the 5.45. So yeah, some of these oddball calibers or ones that we were typically not a fan of before seem to be much more available and at a better price. So joke's on us, I guess. Time to get out that 357 SIG. Dude, right? If you guys want to check it out, head on over to IWI.us. Don't forget, if you guys see any accessories that you like, whether it's magazines, patches, apparel, if you use the code GUNFUNNY15, you will get 15% off your entire order. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. 
California Attorney General sues a Trump administration to crack down on ghost guns. Basically, the lawsuit has no grounds as it is legal at the federal level for us to build our own firearms and creating new laws to change this would be up to Congress, not Trump administration. Several states, including California, already have laws making it illegal to build your own firearm without obtaining permission and a serial number. The lawsuit is paired with a high school shooting that on the surface is perfect for the narrative against homemade firearms. A shooting at Saugus High School in November 2019, where a 16-year-old shot five students, killing two, and then killed himself. The killer used a pistol without a serial number that has been assembled from a kit. What they failed to mention were all of the laws that were originally violated. The school was, of course, a gun-free zone. Saugus High School security is provided by one unarmed sheriff's deputy and nine quote-unquote campus supervisors who act as guards. A 16-year-old carrying a handgun in California obviously goes against the law, so is concealing it, so is bringing it into school grounds, so is shooting people. The ghost gun was obtained by the killer's deceased father, who was a prohibited possessor and illegally obtained it and obviously failed to serialize it. The problem with this whole thing is the effects of this lawsuit, if it is allowed to proceed, which will largely be decided by this election, would only open the door for national regulation of 80% firearms and mandatory registration. It's very easy to build firearms from scratch, so it would soon become an outright ban on building any firearm. Then simply the ability to purchase gun parts, banning tools to build them, 3D printers, milling machines. The end goal, of course, is to strip away all gun rights, leaving the people defenseless and dependent on the state. This definitely has huge issues and needs to be shot down as quick as possible. And that's ultimately what they want us to do. Like in Europe, you know, most of these gun parts are serialized. Here in the U.S., the only thing that's serialized is the item that is capable of allowing the gun to fire, such as the frame, the fire control unit, and so forth. But where does this stop? Yeah, that's exactly the point. Where this stops is they want to be able to regulate every single piece of it so that they can track it and then confiscate it. Mm -hmm. You just look at every other country that started putting all these bans, taking away the ability to make, et cetera. It all just leads to confiscation. Yeah. That's the end goal. Yep. I know. And it's ridiculous. God, it's like America just continues to become, as Alex said in his interview, what are we living in Russia? And it's unfortunate, but yeah, sometimes it does feel like we are living in Russia. This is not America home of the free anymore. And it's disgusting. It almost makes me not even want to have kids. Yeah, it's pretty sad. And it's not even just Russia. You look at Australia right now. They confiscated all the firearms several years ago. Yeah. And they effectively don't even have a First Amendment now. You look at them right now. I've seen a ton of videos in the last couple of months of people that they're at home and their spouse live streams until it gets cut off. They're getting arrested for a Facebook post where they protest the government mandate that they stay at home. Wow. And it's not even that they're coming and saying, you have to take this down. They show up and they arrest a pregnant woman and take her to jail for a Facebook post. That's where we will end up Mm -hmm. if this continues. It's pretty much going there now. Look at Facebook, Twitter. They're censoring so many things that goes against their narrative. The everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Granted, they're a privately owned company. They have the right to do so, but it's disgusting. Yeah. And un-American. Yeah, completely un-American. Moving forward, Smith & Wesson. A few days ago, I got the new Performance Center 
2.0 optic ready pistol. And optic ready pistols are pretty much the new thing. If you're not making them, you're behind on the times. What's great about using these guns for self-defense if you're using a red dot in your pistol is it's so much easier to shoot on target rapidly. You're not worrying about lining up your sights. Once you've zeroed in, wherever that red dot goes, that's where you're going to hit. It's also great too because I know a lot of people, if their eyesight suffers a little bit, lining up those sights, sometimes they can only see the back of the sights or they can't see the front side or vice versa. So this is also a really great alternative. And They're also making red dots really small where it doesn't take up a lot of real estate so that it is a little bit easier to conceal as opposed to just using a regular gun that would have just sights on them. I can't wait to take it to the range today and try it out. Definitely excited. The thing is, is I'm looking at my my box of gun parts and I'm like, hmm, what optic should I put on it? That's pretty much the hardest decision that I'm faced with today. But have you had a chance to check them out? I haven't had a chance to look at this new model, but I've seen pictures. It looks really nice. The other Smith and Wessons that I've held have been really awesome looking. Mm-hmm. Like the core was one of the first ones that I optic that had optic ready. And those are awesome for competition. Yeah. But yeah, red dot for a carry gun, especially. I mean, yeah, it adds a little bit of weight to it and a little bit of bulk, but you get the right holster and they just disappear. I've been carrying a red dot on a pistol for several years now. I even had a full-size RMR mounted on a specially cut G43 slide for quite a while. And I mean, even being just a little bit thicker with the right holster, it still disappeared. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Holsters definitely make all the difference. If you guys want to check out their products as well as a bunch of other stuff that they have on their website, head on over to smith-wesson.com. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. All right, guys. So before we get into the Q&A segment, if you guys have a question for me, head on over to gunfunny.com. Click on the contact us form and fill out your question. I will not say your name. So any question, it doesn't have to be about guns. It could be about relationships because I'm so great at relationships that I'd give you guys the best advice. Or even if you're wondering what's Tickle's favorite food or something like that feel free to ask away. Today's question is, what kind of gun safe do you recommend for someone who has a smaller collection? First off, what do you consider a small collection? Because we talked about this before the show started and John, you were like, oh, this safe. And I was like, dude, that safe holds 20 guns. And he's like, oh, well, I assume that that would be a small collection. But I would assume that the average person to them, a small collection would be two or three guns. Yeah. If we're talking something, two or three guns, something smaller, like a vault tech or something like that might be appropriate. The only thing that I don't like about those is you definitely have to make sure that you conceal them unless you get one of those tethers that you exactly. know you can put over it. Because that's the thing with small staves is unless it has some weight to it, people can easily just pick it up, take it, and then later on figure out how to open the lock. So that would be my only gripe. I have noticed if you guys have a Costco membership, Costco has some pretty decent safes for, I don't know, I want to say like in the $400 range. And they look pretty legit. They're made with quality material and you can fit more than two or three guns because I'm going to tell you right now, if you guys think that you're only going to have two or three guns, buying guns becomes very addictive. So if you think, oh, well, a 20 gun safe, that's good. Within a few years, you're going to wish that you bought the 36 gun safe. So you're constantly going to grow out of your safe. So 
I would always recommend get bigger than what you think you might need it for. Always get a bigger save. And if you do get a smaller one, make sure it's something that you can mount to the wall, securely bolted in. You don't want it to be able to walk away. Mm -hmm. One of the other things that you want to look at is the construction of the safe. Make sure that the walls of it are nice and thick. They're not something that can be easily peeled back with a chisel. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people, they buy, they're basically thick sheet metal and those are not going to stop anybody. A criminal that has any tools at all can crack into those in just a few minutes. Make sure it's good, solid steel. Want to have a good fire rating as well. And like you said, Costco is a great place to check for those for a good affordable option. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wish I could say that they carry only one brand, but it seems like they're constantly switching them up. So definitely look into that. Moving forward, Sharps Bros. If you guys like that AR classic look, but you kind of want to add a little something extra, what's becoming increasingly popular is wooden accessories. Sharps Bros has some Brazilian cherry wood grips as well as matching M-lock panels to go on your AR. They're really beautiful. You can get a set of two panels and the grip on sale for $120.20 right now, and that is at sharpsbros.com. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Over SHOT Show this past year, Palmetto State Armory, they released the AR-V pistols. And I noticed that as of last week, they are now in stock and they are shipping. This gun looks extremely cool. I have some experience with the AKV, which is it shoots nine millimeter. And you would think, oh, okay, well, nine millimeter, it's not going to have any recoil. I was extremely impressed with that gun. The ergonomics, it shot super flat. It was just really a lot of fun to shoot. So I imagine that the AR-V is probably pretty similar. It's an AR style rifle. And it also has a nine millimeter design to use CC Scorpion style magazines. Just like the AKB, it is a direct blowback gun, but it has all of the standard furniture of an AR that you would use, uh, especially the standard AR charging handles. If you aren't crazy about the right side charging handle on the AK style guns, they featured a chrome molly steel barrel with a one in 10 twist. The barrel is nitride treated for durability, includes PSA's lightweight M-lock free float rail. And of course, the barrel is threaded so that you can suppress it. Definitely, it looks like a cool gun. Best of all, the bolt carrier groups are compatible with most aftermarket fire control groups. So if you want to drop in a different trigger, you can definitely do so. They're available in 10.5 inch, 8 inch, and 4 inch pistol versions. They are selling for $950 right now, which honestly, if you think about when you're going to put together your own PCC, all of those parts definitely add up. So I've just gotten to the point where if I'm going to make a gun, I could already expect that I'm probably going to be in the hole at least 1500 and that's on the cheap side. $950 is actually pretty good for a quality gun. And I've seen some of the reviews. I have not had a chance to get my hands on them, but I've seen some of the reviews on it and it definitely seems like it's it's a great reliable firearm. Yeah, I think this is going to be a pretty good home run, very similar to the AKB. Scorpion mags are known for being incredibly reliable. Mm -hmm. I love my AKB. It's a ton of fun to shoot. It is, right? 
I can't explain it. You almost have to shoot it in order to to, you really to understand. Do. Yeah. I could tell you all day long, oh, it shoots really nice. I have some PCCs that I put together and they definitely don't shoot as nice and it has a lot more expensive upgrades on it than the AKV. So I would just say if you can shoot one before buying it, at that point, you're going to be sold. You're going to want yeah, one. Exactly. I mean, I love shooting my MP5s and it is obviously smoother than shooting the AKV, but mm-hmm. there's just something more fun about shooting that AKV. Yeah. And it's also a lot cheaper. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Polymer 80. I just recently put together a new Polymer 80 and I use the equivalent of basically Glock 17 frame that I bought as a 80% kit and with a Dremel and a few cuts here and there, I put together the firearm. It's green. I then sent it off to LV Stipple and they did a really cool stippling job on it. The slide is from P80 and it's kind of cool. It looks almost like a worn chrome metal color. And then what makes it match perfectly is SVII. They gave me one of their triggers and it's the same color. It's the same like chrome. I don't know. How would you explain it? Because you've seen, I posted in our Patreon group and it's like kind of like that hard worn. Yeah. It's not super shiny. So I guess I probably shouldn't say chrome, but it's like this metal dull worn, but it just looks cool and it goes really well with the green. And that's what I love about Palmer 80s is you can mix and match all kinds of parts and you're not showing up to the range where your gun is looking like everyone else's on the range. But if you guys want to check out their stuff, head on over to palmer80.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY. That gets you 15% off everything. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. German football team loses 37-0 to playing while social distancing. An amateur German football team lost a match after they played a match while social distancing from their opponents. The losing soccer team, SG Ripdorf Molten 2, only had seven players on the field to further minimize exposure as it was the minimum team size required. They decided to do this after their opponents, SB Holdenstedt, Previously played, seriously, it sounds like Harry Potter playing soccer, all these (laughs) names. Previously played against a team with a player who tested positive for coronavirus. All of the Holtenstedt squad tested negative for COVID before the game, but Ripdorf was still hesitant. You would think that if they were that hesitant that they would just forfeit the game, but if they forfeited the game, they would have to pay 200 euros. And as a result, the league witnessed Holtenstedt scoring a goal nearly every two and a half minutes while Ripdorf stood on the sidelines. They still managed to put the game on, but instead of even going out on the field, they just stood on the sidelines as Holtenstedt scored nonstop. Ripdorf co-chair Patrick Ristow told ESPN after the game on September 13th, we are thankful for those seven players who volunteered. Otherwise, the club would have faced a 200 euro fine for abandoning the match. That's a lot of money for us, especially amid the pandemic. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if they had any people that came to watch the game or if I don't know what the guidelines are there. I know here in the U.S. they're now allowing people to attend games with strict guidelines. Although I did hear actually, this is kind of slightly off topic, but I did hear that the Miami Dolphins the governor for Florida just gave the go-ahead to allow 13,000 people to attend the game 
and go into the stadium. And that's actually quite a few people. That's definitely not your typical social distancing. But I would imagine if I paid to see this game, I'd probably be a little pissed. But then again, I think it would be slightly entertaining to a degree. Yeah. I, I don't know. Definitely yeah, I, a quick game. This sounds like not a professional team by any means, just local. In Europe, soccer is very popular. And so they have leagues that basically everybody plays in. Mm -hmm. This sounds like something like that, where it's just a bunch of guys they like to play. And so they play in their league. And maybe some of them are even pretty good, but it's a local thing. It's not anything professional by any means, but they probably have some people show up, mostly family or local fans. Yeah, that would be pretty boring to just mm-hmm. sit there and watch. Well, I think I mean, soccer so, is boring as it is. It takes forever yeah. for them to score a goal. It does. Yeah, if I had to watch any sport, it would not be soccer. The only thing worse is cricket. Yeah. Yeah, well said. All right, iTunes review. If you guys haven't left a review, please do so. Love hearing from you guys. First review is from Ty America, my favorite podcast, Five Stars. Still the best podcast out there. Congratulations on the Smith & Wesson sponsorship. Thank you very much. I am super, super excited to be working with Smith & Wesson. Second is Juck Fustin. Firearms Angel, five stars. Awesome show. Ava does a great job keeping fresh guests and products running through the show. Keep up the great work and keep racking up those awesome sponsors. All right, John, since I don't really have an official guest, I guess it's your job now to pick one of those two to win a prize pack. Uh, I guess we'll have to go with Jack Fustin. All right. I mean, that's a good name, right? Yeah. I can see where he was going with that one. <laughs> I know. Me too. It was really hard to read how he wrote it without reading what I wanted to say. So yep. <laughs> congrats on the creativity. Contact me on social media or on the contact us form at gunfunny.com and I will send that prize pack out to you. Now it's time to wrap up. So guys, head on over to gunfunny.com to find links to everything. If you don't follow uh, Gunfunny on social media, I'd highly recommend it. I'm always posting, in my opinion, fun videos and memes and stuff like that. Also, if you enjoy the show and you want to support it, you should highly consider becoming a patron. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash gunfunny. There's also a link in the show notes. Blown Deadline gives away a $300 gift certificate to a lucky patron every month. You also get lots of other perks and benefits. And in fact, even I hate to say it, but Christmas is coming up sooner than later. We're probably going to be doing our yearly secret Santa, which is also a lot of fun. If you guys want to join a group that has like minded and has a good sense of humor, I would highly recommend becoming a Patreon. I also want to thank the $25 patrons, and that is Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888. Ryan Morrison, Elliot and Mike Pappas, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Star Wars 77, and Ralph Anthony, and King of the Patreon. Well, we have him on the show right now, but Jon Snow wants me to say that Operator Tickles does not hunt because hunting implies the possibility of failure. Operator Tickles goes killing. Oh, boy. (laughs) Love it. All right, John, thank you once again for joining me on this show. Thanks for following this whole thing with ATF so closely so that you can give us some insight as to what's going on. And I will continue to keep you guys posted. Hopefully it has a good outcome. But on that note, we are out of here. Thank you. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. 
Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.